welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, in case you're new, talk about three main things, faith and family combined into one, fitness and the outdoors. My podcast, every episode is going to cover at least two, if not all three of those topics. And today I have an awesome guest for you guys. He's someone that I've personally followed along with for the last couple of years and I was able to have this awesome conversation with him. His name's Joel, and uh, you may know him as Whitetail Fit. He's a younger guy. He's about two years younger than me, so I, I want to say he's 27, uh, if I remember correctly. And yet he is an entrepreneur. He's a bow hunter. He's been into archery pretty much his entire life, and he's just absolutely an awesome guy. So look forward to that. Uh, but before we get into that awesome conversation, just want to remind you guys, uh, if you're new and you haven't heard this before, go and leave me a review, leave a review and a comment under the review, not just the five stars, but leave an actual review. Send me a screenshot to my email that I'm leaving down below, but also you can email me at redbeardoutdoors the number one at gmail.com. And I'll send you something in the mail just for my gratitude for you supporting me and leaving a review. Uh, and also if you get something out of this podcast, share it with someone. I want this to grow organically and it has been growing at a higher rate than I thought. And I really appreciate that. Honestly, hundred percent. Thank you so much for those of you that have shared it with a friend, family member, and continued that chain down, down the line. Thank you so much. Uh, continue doing that. So we can get this message out there that average people can enjoy fitness, the outdoors and their families, faith. All of that to have a happier, more successful life. That's what I'm here for. And as far as advertisements, I don't run advertisements because I don't like it when I hear other people's podcasts that run advertisements personally. But I do have companies that I work with. So if you're looking for anything as far as backcountry meals, go down below the best freaking oatmeal you'll ever have, Alpen Fuel, and then any other meals such as Heather's Choice or Peak Refuel down below as well. They're great, especially gluten-free from Heather's Choice and Alpen Fuel. Uh, if you're a gluten-free person, you don't want any issues in the backcountry. Um, and also clothing, everyday items, you can go down below and check that out. Uh, my favorite protein bars are down there as well. Just go check it out. Save some money on stuff you're already going to buy. And that's all I've got as far as advertising. <laughs> um I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed making it. Without further ado, here is Joel. All right, I've got an awesome guest here. Uh, we've got Joel, or you guys might know him as Whitetail Fit on Instagram, YouTube, and everywhere else <laughs> that he's at. Uh, I started following Joel a while back, and I love his content. I'm not a big whitetail hunter, but I love the fact that he is all about the whitetail and finding those monsters and also about fitness uh, during and the off season and hunting season. So, uh, Joel, give us a little background on yourself, who you are, what you do for a living. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate you having me on, man. And uh, yeah, so, gosh, there's a lot with <laughs> my background, I guess. But um, so... I started out bow hunting when I was like 12 years old and actually nobody in my family, uh, did any big game hunting or anything, or at that actually at the time, nobody did any hunting. It was just, uh, my dad had bird hunted and stuff like that in college, but past that, 
Um, my grandpa had taken a deer way back when he was like in his twenties. But, uh, so anyway, I kind of got into the hunting side just by growing up on an acreage. And, um, I think it was like sometime November time frame when I was like 12 years old, I'd seen a, a doe pushing a, or, or a buck pushing a doe around in this back pasture. And, uh, I was just like fascinated with it. I was like, dude, what is happening? Like, this is crazy, you know? And I got into watching like the, um, gosh, all the old school real tree videos, the jury outdoors videos and stuff back when it was all VHS, uh, tapes and stuff. And then I was reading it, every article that I could and reading every magazine and all that type of stuff and just kind of got obsessed with it. And then, um, decided to buy a bow started shooting that thing and, uh, it just kind of blossomed from there. So, um, man, it's, I mean, bow hunting is, has been, uh, um, gosh, like everything, you know, it's, it's changed my life in, in a very good way and given me a lot of purpose in life. And, and, uh, in fact, it's opened up now to this point to where, um, I'm able to work in this industry for a living, which is pretty wild. Um, but before, uh, from the time I was like 14 years old, all the way up until a year and a half ago, I worked full-time construction and, uh, getting a couple years into it, I started getting really good at concrete. And I tell everybody, try not to get good at concrete when you're working construction, because you'll be put on every concrete job they have. And, uh, sometimes it's not the most fun, uh, manual labor, but so that's kind of what I did for a job and a career up until this point. Um, I'm 28 years old. I live out of, uh, just South of Lincoln, Nebraska. If you guys know where Lincoln is at, but, um, yeah. And then I do this, uh, crazy whitetail fit brand full time. So I've been blessed for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, it was cool following you through that journey of, you know, you, you made the big announcement that you were, uh, you know, your final day at the job, which is awesome because, so I'm just a year older than you and, uh, I'm 29. And so, seeing a young right person being able to pursue their passion and get after what they're wanting to do, which for you is obviously hunting fitness and making that into a brand and living that passion and being successful at it. Right. And a lot of people could say, Oh, I'll quit my job. And, but then their bills go unpaid, you know? And so the fact yeah. that you're able to, yep. to turn that into something that's super uh, successful, you know, you've been great at it. So, um, Tell me a little bit. So you, first of all, why, why bow over rifle? Um, if no one in your family had ever hunted or really hunted much growing up other than birds, um, you'd think you were drawn more to, to guns. So why, why bow over rifle? Yeah, no, that's the great question. So, um, once I started watching a lot of like the, the early videos, the early jury outdoors, real tree, those type of videos, hunts uh, for like David Blanton's hunting with a bow, you know, and uh, the jury boys marks out there with a bow and they're hunting whitetail. I was watching specifically a lot of whitetail content. And at the time they were putting out a lot of archery content. And I was like, man, this looks really cool. I've never shot a bow before. I'd shot like me and my brothers and stuff had had like, you know, those kids fiberglass, like they're basically toy bows when you're a kid you know with the little steel tip on the fiberglass arrows and stuff we'd had those when we were kids so it might have stemmed from that where I'd already kind of shot something that was kind of like a bow um 
but definitely from the videos, like watching those guys hunt with a bow and they're shooting whitetail and stuff right below them, like 10 yards right below them out of a tree stand. Something about that um, was really, really intriguing to me. And at the time, you know, I'd shot, I'd shot 22s and rifles and shotguns and stuff like that, but I'd never really just like put two and two together, like, like shooting rifles and hunting. I, I don't know. I mean, I was 12 years old, you know, so it's like hard to put those two together, but when I was watching videos of these guys shooting them with bows, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to get a bow, you know? And once I did, and once I had my first successful hunt, um, I was 13. It was the very next year. Um, I killed a probably still to this day, one of the biggest does uh, like biggest and oldest does I've ever killed. I killed it when I was 13 years old. And, um, you know, I could, I could hit like the block target at 20 yards, like the whole target, like not, one spot but it was like oh man i hit it you know and back then i didn't have anybody teaching me anything i mean it was literally just like what i was seeing pictures reading whatever so i was shooting fingers with a youth compound bow um cranked all the way down i was right at 40 pounds and i'm shooting fingers and my sight was like i'm pretty sure it was like upside down like i had the bubble on the top like i had the wrong sight on it I had no peep sight. I didn't even know what a peep sight was. Um, I was shooting full length arrows that I bought at Walmart that were like 33 inches with like whatever broadhead I could find at Walmart, which was uh, back in the day, it was the Nap Thunderheads. Those things, I still, I shot those Nap Thunderheads all the way. I mean, I shot those things for like six, seven years. Um, but dude, I was just like, I was winging it. I didn't know what I was doing. But I knew uh, I needed hunter's education, went through hunter's education, got my license and tags and everything and and went out and killed this stud doe. And I think my parents were like, what do we do now? You know, <laughs> it's like now we've got a doe, we've got to process this thing. So um, but yeah, I mean, ever since then, dude, it's just been archery has just been like down in my core. And um, since then, you know, there was a local archery club and I kind of joined that club and just started um, shooting some of the 3ds and stuff that they would have back in the day. And from there I went and toured kind of like all around the Midwest and shot 3d tournaments and stuff like that. But I never actually shot like ASA or anything like that. Um, you know, real true competition style, but I was shooting as many tournaments as I could get to go to, you know? And I just, yeah, I think that's kind of the biggest reason was just like falling in love with archery early on. And, uh, now to this point, I've done a couple of rifle hunts. I've actually only done two rifle hunts. Um, one was a Montana black bear hunt and I killed a stud black bear. And I was like, man, that was really cool. You know? And, uh, then this last year I went with the hush boys. Uh, Eric's a great buddy of mine. And we do at this point, we've done a hunt every year, the last like four years. And, uh, this year we got together and we went to New Mexico and I shot a bull elk with a rifle. And now I'm kind of like, mm, man, rifle hunting is really fun. <laughs> I could get yeah. into rifle hunting a little deeper. So I think I'm going to start pursuing that more. But obviously, like, archery is my bread and butter. So That's awesome. Yeah, and that hunt was amazing to watch. And you, that was great shot placement. Is that your rifle or were you uh, borrowing someone's rifle? No, I appreciate that. No, that was uh, Eric's. It was a Weatherby. Yep, yep. Uh, I think it's a 30, I think it's a 3378 or something like that is what it, what the caliber is. It's a Weatherby round. Um, yeah, dude, that gun, 
is like those guys have got their guns freaking dialed i got behind that thing we practiced we went down to a big quarry and we were practicing we're picking out some rocks down in this ravine we're just making sure i could shoot the gun and making sure everything you know nothing was off uh in travel or anything like that and eric's favorite that he rocks is a weatherby 300 and uh so i had the 3378 he had the 300 and we were just dialing in making sure they were shooting the first shot we like range a rock and it's like 550 and the first shot i touch off at 550 and i just i mean this rock's like a basketball and i just blow this rock apart at 550 so i'm like okay well this gun's dialed and uh shoot a couple more and then we arranged another rock and it was right at 700 and he shot it with his 300 and he hit it at 700 like just smokes this rock i'm like i'm gonna see like i just want to see if i can shoot this gun like to some distance i'm laying down i just and I, I i am very um i'll say i know how to shoot a rifle for sure and that's come with i mean just over the years of shooting rifles not necessarily at animals but just shooting rifles out here um out on the acreage and then uh also just the mentality of the way that i shoot my bows like the archery mentality of back tension don't punch your trigger breathe you know pull through your shots that type of thing that kind of all relates back into rifle shooting as well you know you don't want to have too much movement with your forehand and you know moving the gun around or anything like that and don't don't be gripping and squeezing and stuff and really um causing a lot of movement so um all that kind of to me it all translates back to rifle shooting so we lay down and we i got my pack underneath me and i've got the butt of the gun here i'm just breathing and pulling through the shot and 700 i crack this round off and it drops off and eric's filming through the scope and you see it just hit this i mean dead center of this rock and you see this plume of plume of dust come off the rock and eric's like dude you center punch that thing i'm like all right let's go elk hunting <laughs> so this is fun you know that's awesome so, no that's that's pretty sweet and yeah the, i've I've noticed that they keep their stuff pretty dialed um whatever their equipment is that they're oh, using and I, those weatherby rifles are pretty slick um i you know i've kind of felt the same way i'd love to get into you know because you can go on about tinkering with rifles all day you know that's something that that you can do just oh, yeah. as much as with bows you know um but that that's awesome yeah. and yeah that that hunt was pretty sweet to watch uh and and just having that bull stop and that yeah. Having that bull stop and you just, uh, I mean, that was great shot, great shot placement. So, um, yeah, I bet that's, that's something you'll remember forever. Uh, so that's awesome, dude. So you started, you know, upside down sight finger shooting, a, <laughs> a compound bow, which, you know, some people do it. I, I know some people that oh, do yeah. it and that's their thing. And, but you upgraded a little bit to, uh, some nicer bows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah at this point at this point i'm i mean i'm such a i'm a gear junkie so like to this point i'm playing around with all sorts of gear i will say i've shot i've shot hoyt for over a decade so i'm pretty like i'm pretty ingrained with the hoyts and how they work and their whole systems and everything and and uh dude i tinker with everything on my archery equipment it's from arrows to sights to broadhead people ask me it's like dude what's your favorite like what do you shoot for a broadhead i'm like i mean there might be three different brands of broadheads in my quiver at one time as long as they all fly and i can get them all to tune like i'm trying different stuff like all the time you know so um 
Yeah, I love being a gear junkie though. It just and it, it sets me up for being able to answer a lot of people's questions because I get a ton of people asking me questions on um, you know, across all the social platforms and stuff. And it it's fun for me because I am really involved in the gear side of stuff. Um, I even help certain companies that I work with with like development and stuff and testing when it's in the field and so I, I nerd out on that stuff. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been a fun, a ton of fun. <laughs> no, for sure. I'm the same way. My, uh, I've got, you know, our back backpacking crew that we go with and they're generally the same people that I hunt with. And uh, I could go down rabbit holes on even just like the stoves that you use, uh, the tents, the, oh, yeah. you know, everything. I'm such a, I'm such a gear nerd. And uh, they always come to me. They're like, Hey, so I heard about this what do you recommend? And I'm, I'll send them a list of like my top three. And I'm like, you pick whatever yep. you think. <laughs> um, but yeah, yep. no, I, I, I hear you on that, man. That's awesome. Uh, so, so you kind of made your own, I mean, you, you made all the mistakes, right. And then uh, you found your way into being super successful at, at bow hunting. Um, how did fitness play into that? How did you, did you play sports growing up? Did your parents encourage weightlifting? Like what happened there? Yeah. So, um, that's a great question. So early on when I was like, I mean, grade school, high school, I never put, I was actually homeschooled my whole, all the way through school. So, uh, I never played any actual like organized sports. I always wanted to play football and it wasn't like my parents weren't like, my parents were like, Hey, if you want to go to high school, like go to high school, like we'll sign you up for, let's go to, I was in the Norris district out here and I had a ton of friends over there. So I was like, yeah, I'll probably go and play football and stuff. And then um, I actually really enjoyed homeschooling cause I could kind of get my, my schoolwork done on my own time and my own terms. And it, that would give me time to go hunting in the mornings. Right. So that was, uh, that was a big draw for me was like, all my friends are at school and I'm able to hunt in the morning and just work on my school later into the day and get everything done. So that was really, really hard for me to give up just to like, just to go to a high school, you know? So, um, I actually really enjoyed my, just everything I did with homeschooling. I really enjoyed that. So, um, but it didn't allow me to play very many sports. So, uh, in high school and grade school, I wasn't very like, I'd play sports with my friends and my buddies and stuff, like come over and play football and all that. But, um, I wasn't really into like weightlifting or anything. Uh, I'd gone to the gym like once or twice, nothing crazy, but, um, I really liked playing like basketball and stuff at the YMCA. And so I would, I mean, I would go like every Wednesday, pick up basketball nights and go play basketball and stuff. And then that kind of started like a ball rolling of, you know, they had a gym there, they have all the free weights and stuff. And that kind of started a ball rolling of like, well, maybe I'll go like early on Wednesday and go, you know, work out a little bit and see how I like it. And I was probably like 16, 17 around that time. And then when I graduated high school, um, I was just like, dude, I just wasn't happy with where I was. I was, I was always kind of a smaller kid and I graduated high school and like, I was 128 pounds graduating high school. So I was like, just a really small kid, you know? And a lot of people know I, it's funny. There's people who meet me in person and they're like, Oh, you're way shorter than I thought you were <laughs> like, yeah, I mean the internet, <laughs> internet makes you look taller than, than you are sometimes, but yeah, I'm, I'm five foot seven. So graduating high school at 128 pounds and five foot seven, I was just like, kind of just, um, I wanted to put on some weight and stuff. And I started going to the gym 
And I met a buddy at the gym. We just kind of hit it off and just kept going together. And from there, it was like, then it, then it started, it was like the archery thing for me. Once I started going and I started understanding what I was doing and like how, how your body mechanics work, how things work with adding on weight, eating more calories, um, the diet side. And then here I am a couple months into it and I'm, I'm like putting all this together, like, okay, I need protein. Okay. I need calories. And I'm like looking at my freezer and I've got a freezer full of whitetail meat, which is like ridiculously dense in protein. You know, venison is of the top tier for protein in the red meat. So I'm like, man, I'll just, I'll just eat deer meat every day. And I, I mean, I went through like, I could go through a whole whitetail myself in like several months and just, I mean, breakfast, lunch, dinner, I'm cooking deer, you know, back straps where I got ground over here on the, on the stove meal prep. And I got a back strap in the, in the saucepan and I'm getting that thing cooked up. And so I just fell in love with like the, the dynamic between eating wild game and fitness. And I noticed it right away when I first started working out from the time I was like 18 to the time I was 20, I went from 128 pounds when I was 18 years old to by the time I was 20, I was about 155, 160. So I'd put on a good amount of weight and my body is just, my metabolism is ridiculous. Like to this day, it's absolutely ridiculous. So it wasn't really hard for me to put on lean muscle mass. And I actually put it on pretty quick, but um, therefore, like once I hit that, that weight of 155, 160, I kind of plateaued. And it took me forever to break that plateau. Well, it was just like my body was like, oh, this is the nutrients you needed all your whole life. You know, now you're to the point. I just didn't eat a lot in high school. I really didn't. It was just like not a big priority to me. And uh, then I started once I put on weight and I started, you know, I mean, results kind of give you some motivation. Right. So you start looking in the mirror. You're like, oh, dang, you know, I look good. You know, it's like, all right. I look good for the summer or whatever. And at that time it's like all about girls and you know, whatever, cause you're 20 years old and pumping with testosterone, but it's just like, it, that's kind of what started the fitness side for me. And then once the fitness side became an obsession, just like archery and bow hunting did, I realized how much the two um, really coexisted in my life with how, um, being in better shape. I was wanting to wake up in the mornings more like sleeping in wasn't a thing anymore. It was like, no, I want to, I want to get up and motivated. I'm ready. And when I would go hunt a lot of times at that, that time, and still today, um, I was huge on public land, whitetail hunting. And a lot of the public land that we have access to out here, like the river ground properties and stuff, you could hop on the river ground properties and walk two miles one way just to go sit for an evening hunt, you know, throw up, I, I did a ton of hanging hunt stuff, throw up my tree stand, hunt for one evening, take it back down and hike two miles back out in the dark. And it's like, there's no, there wasn't a whole lot of people I knew who was doing that at the time. I had like two other buddies who were like really into that, but otherwise it was, most people were sitting box blinds and stuff. So the, that like, when I first started whitetail fit, like not a lot of people, uh, really like, they're like, what are you talking about with whitetail fit? You know? And, uh, 
to me, it wasn't even so much about like how much fitness had helped in my archery career, my bow hunting career. It was more like, I really enjoy whitetail hunting. That's my bread and butter. And I really enjoy fitness, but I don't want to start two brands in two different industries. Like I wanted one brand where I could, I could express myself through the outdoor industry and express myself through fitness and relating that to the outdoor industry. So um, it's not necessarily that you need to be in the greatest shape in the world to hunt whitetail. I'll be the first one to tell you, you really don't, especially if you you have the right access to properties. Um, But for me, the way that I was bow hunting whitetail, it was very conducive. Like the fitness was, the fitness played a massive part. So um, that's just how I got into all of it. And then, over time, it just blew up into like what it is today, which is, I still, it's still wild to me that, I mean, just the promotional side, I'm able to actually make money doing this. But um, to me, it started with passions and it still is passions. It's not, it's not, you know, money aside, uh, you know, the industry, the hunting industry, the fitness industry aside, I'd be doing the exact same things that I am right now. Um because it's what I was doing when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. So, um, I just really enjoy it. And that's kind of how the fitness, I guess, came to be a part of my life. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish I had that problem. I say that a lot to people because, uh, I, I put on <laughs> weight a lot easier than, than, than most people, which uh, is good. But if I don't watch what I'm eating, it's bad. It's very bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Versus, yeah which I mean, I guess it's, it's similar. Everyone's got their struggles with, with fitness. Right. But I think it's funny because I think a lot of us that started at fitness at a young age, it either had to do with sports or girls or as a girl, you know, for, for men, you know, yep. Yep. and, uh, and I mean, it, it's got to start somewhere. And then you realize kind of how that incorporates into your life. Right. I'm sure that helped you as a construction worker. You weren't as tired oh, yes. and beat up coming home because you had laid that, that foundation of fitness to where it just added to your level of fitness being out there. And I've seen concrete workers. I mean, it's crazy. Um, the, the hard labor that that is, I can't blame you for wanting to not do that job anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I had a, you know, I went on, uh, so I've got, I'm all across the platforms with, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all this stuff. But, um, right before, doing this podcast i was on uh tiktok live i'm trying to figure out how to run the tiktok live i know all the instagram in and outs but i'm like i'm still learning on tiktok but i was on on the live and somebody had asked me a question i love doing q a's like questions and stuff i love answering questions and somebody somebody asked me was like do you miss construction and i was like hmm (laughs) that's a good question because there's parts of it that i miss in terms of like I learned so much from construction, like, uh, you know, basically anything. And I feel like anything that has to do with building something or repairing something with my hands, I don't feel like there's anything I can't do. And that mindset and that, uh, that like ability, ability and belief in myself in doing that type of stuff came from working over a decade in construction. Right. So that side, I really, I really, I'm sure at some point I'll miss like the learning aspect of that. Um, every once in a while I miss the people who I did work with, but 
the actual labor side, I don't miss one bit because like I said, I was kind of a concrete specialist, right? So with concrete, it's, it's brutal on your lower back and it's brutal on your knees. I mean, it's brutal on everything, but those two specifically, and I still, I feel it now, like I've got a gimp bad back. I've, I've pulled my, uh, uh, or I've slipped a disc in my back twice now. Um, once when I was like 20, 21 years old. And then, uh, once just this last year over August. Um, so I just feel like stepping away from construction, I'm doing my body a lot of, uh, a lot of good, just, I, I mean, even six months off construction, I could notice like, man, my joints feel better. Like my knees feel better. Like everything started feeling better when I wasn't doing it day in and day out. So that side of it, I definitely do not miss. <laughs> I definitely, uh, I put my body through a lot of hell when I was working construction. Cause I mean, you're younger, you're wanting to prove to the older guys that you can do stuff and whatever. And, and a lot of times you kind of turn into the pack mule, you know, when you're the younger kid that's going to the gym, everybody's like, well, you, why don't you grab the, you know, those bags of concrete and get them up here or whatever. It's like, well, all right, <laughs> but I'm just getting, you know, my body's getting wrecked. So. Right. You almost, you almost want to start you know, wearing different atmosphere. Loose you want to start wearing more loose clothing because you know, not yeah, to show off the yeah. muscles. <laughs> big, big baggy t-shirts. Like, Oh, I'm skinny. I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, dude. Um, and let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I, you know, I was, I was watching you through that, you know, I can't imagine not, not being able to participate. I mean, both of your passions are very physical, obviously, you know, the, the gym and hunting. And I mean, what, right. walk me through the process of like, kind of what went through your head. Cause I can, I know what would have gone through my head. Like I almost felt for you when I saw that you were like, man, my back's jacked up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I can't imagine going into hunting season and knowing that this is a struggle that you've got going on. Kind of walk me through that process. Like, right. you know, I'm sure you hit rock bottom at one point and then you got over that, but yeah, walk me through it. Yeah, no, man, that's a, that's a great question. So, um, when I, I already had like my whole fall planned out. So, uh, for, for reference, I guess people listening, if they, if they weren't, um, back in, what was it? August of this year, it might've been late July or early August of 2021. Right. So just, you know, four or five months ago, um, I was deadlifting at the gym and basically I had, I had come back from total archery challenge, which was a 14 hour drive out to Utah shot for three days at total archery challenge and a 14 hour drive back. My truck's got 351,000 miles on it. So the seats are blown out. You know, my, it's just like, I have no lumbar support whatsoever. And on the way back, I remember thinking like, man, my lower back is tight, like super tight. Every time I'd get out to fuel for gas or for, to put, hope I'm not putting gas in, it's a diesel truck. Every time I'd hop out and put diesel in the truck, I'm like, you know, stretching and trying to get my lower back to move because it is just stiff, you know? And I got back and me just being stupid and being in the mindset of grinding and, and getting back into the gym. The second I got back, I wanted to get back in the gym. The very next morning I woke up. And I could tell my back was stiff, but I went into the gym and of all things I could have lifted, I decided to do legs. And 
I, it just, I, I didn't stretch at all. I went into the gym. I was stiff already. And, uh, I did some exercises and stuff and I was on my fourth set of deadlifts with only plates on the bar. So it was only 135 on the bar, my fourth set of deadlifts and I'm pulling it off the ground. I didn't even get the plates off the ground and my so some people might call this a mid-roll advertisement i'm not going to advertise here but i'm not even kidding that was the best cliffhanger i could have even imagined we even laughed about it a little bit here we're having some internet connectivity issues um but anyway he couldn't have timed that better about to get the plates off the ground and boom and it cut off it was hilarious hope you guys got a kick out of that so i'll do a little bit of editing and splice that back together but i promise you i didn't cut that off there that was just a perfectly timed cliffhanger so here we go that was the best cliffhanger in the world you were like <laughs> you're like i had i had one plate on each side and i didn't even get the plate off the ground and <laughs> and then it just stopped oh, and it man. stopped i was like dude that, so, if uh, you could have tried it i don't know if you could have done it better <laughs> Yeah, I tried. Uh, I tried resetting my Wi-Fi, so hopefully that hopefully that helps. You might have to do a little editing, splice some things together. But um, so anyway, so uh, I was getting the plate up in position, trying to get the plate off the ground, and my back just instantly gave. I mean, I felt it right away. I didn't even have the plates off the ground. So I go to my knees, I roll over to my side, and I just kind of stretch out on the floor and. I know exactly what I just did. Like in my head, I'm like, I just slipped a disc. I know exactly what this feels like. I've done it before. And the only thing I could think about at that moment was how long my recovery was the first time I did it. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm head in my hands, just like, dude, all my Western hunts are out the window. I've got two elk hunts planned. I've got a high country mule deer hunt that I, like I was going to go hunt high country mule deer with Eric up on the Wasatch front two weeks. Like I was two weeks out to the date for the season opener. So I'm like sitting there. I'm like, maybe it's not that bad. And I, I need to try to stand up. You know, I went to go to stand up and I physically could not stand up. That's how bad it was. Like just excruciating pain. And uh, so my buddy at the gym, he's like, dude, you all right. I'm like, no man. Like, um, I'm not good. <laughs> like I'm, I'm done. And, uh, thankfully there's a, there's a, um, like, a it's called Nebraska motion. There's a, a guy who does basically like chiropractic and sports therapy and stuff in the same building as the gym. He's connected to the same building. So his name's Nolan. So my buddy went and grabbed Nolan. He came out and he was kind of just evaluating like, all right, what happened? You know, what do you think's can you think you can stand up on your own? I'm like, no, I already tried, you know? And so he kind of helped me stand up. He got me over to a table and um, he kind of just got things worked out to the point to where uh, I could walk a little bit. And actually he got me over to the table and he did dry needling and stem uh, electronic stem on my lower back right away. Cause my, my lower back just instantly was like, like protect the disc right so all my lower back muscles just turned to like rocks and uh, that's a lot of the reason i couldn't walk because everything was so tight and just hurting and so anyway after all of that the whole ordeal yeah sitting there on the table like the first person i texted i picked up my phone and i texted eric uh my buddy eric chester with hush because i was supposed to do a high country mule deer hunt with him in two weeks 
I text him and I just told him, I was like, dude, uh, slipped a disc in my back straight up. I'm not going to be able to make the hunt. There's no way, you know? And there, my heart's just sank. Cause I'm just like, it's not only that hunt. Like I know my elk hunt's probably going to be compromised. Like I've got a long road to recovery with what I just did. And, um, so anyway, we got working on right away. We got working on physical therapy and the biggest thing, you know, right out the gate was rest and make sure that you're taking care of things. And then after that, it was physical therapy and got me doing some stretches and breathing exercises and, and, uh, abdominal bracing and stuff like that. But it was, it was tough. Cause it was just like, I know all of these Western hunts are basically shot at this point. So, and I do this for a living, right? That's what you just, what you were touching on. So mentally I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm feeling bad. Cause I'm like, dude, I want to, I want to first and foremost, I want to hunt and, and seek out my passions. Second, it's about content creation. That's my, that's my, you know, technically what my job, if you want to call it a job is, um, is content creation. So, um, I started to post about, uh, the recovery of going through a lower back injury. And with that, I substituted my high country mule deer hunt for a, uh, South Dakota antelope hunt, just public land, go out there. And I went, went, uh, I've got some buddies up that way. And, um, so I did that hunt on that hunt. I like kind of half re-slipped my disc and laid me up for like another day in the bed. So I'm out there literally stalking antelope. Like I cannot get on all fours and even crawl to stalk. Like that's where my back was. I couldn't bend over, like trying to get up above a rise to like stalk. I was basically having to kind of squat and shuffle to try to like quote unquote stalk. Right. There was no like, there was no crawling or anything. My back was like shot and I had a back brace and, uh, and, uh, freeze pack on my back, like the whole week I was hunting. And, um, so anyway, I came back from that hunt and, you know, a couple weeks after that was going to be my elk hunt with my buddy Ryan. And I called Ryan. I mean, we were going back and forth that whole time. I called him like, dude, there's, I really don't think there's any way my back can handle a pack and definitely not if we kill a bull like i think i'm out on this hunt like i can't do it and he's like dude i mean i i understand completely you know he got another guy to go with him so um which was good because ryan ended up killing a cow and they had to pack a cow out so i was like well i'm glad you had (laughs) had people there to help and um so but after that there was like about a week period after that elk hunt that I missed that my back started feeling really good. I was like, Oh man, my backs. And with, with discs, once the disc comes back into line, it does feel good because there's no more pressure on, uh, on your, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Your nerves. Nerves. Yep. There's no pressure on your nerves. So once that disc comes back in, there's no pressure on your nerves and things feel things feel good, right? They're still pretty unstable, but it feels a lot better. And in my head, I'm like, okay, like my back feels good. As long as I, as long as I wear my brace and like, you know, cinching my backpack up real tight and making sure that I'm like, like abdominal breathing and keeping everything tight through my core. Like, I think I could probably go do an elk hunt, right? Well, my buddy's already gone. 
he's already gone and done his elk hunt. Right. And, uh, so anyway, I call, uh, I called a couple other buddies. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go do this elk hunt. It's it literally just public land over the counter, Colorado. I said, I'm going to go do this elk hunt. Um, if you want to come, man, that would be awesome. But of course nobody can get, you know, eight, nine days of work off like in like four days notice. Like I literally made the decision and four days later I was going to leave and uh, so nobody could get work off. So I was like, I told my parents, I was like, well, I'm going to go do this hunt. If I blow my back out, I blow my back out. It is what it is. Like I was just like locked in, like I'm going to do this hunt. There's no if, ands or buts. And of course my parents are like, like, that's really stupid, but you know, I'm not, we're not going to tell you, you can't do something. Right. But so I'm locked in. I'm like, I'm going to go do this hunt. And I actually, I went and did the hunt. It was nine days solo in Colorado over the counter elk. Um, it was right towards the end of archery season. I actually hunted all the way up to the end of the season. And, uh, I think that was one of the best, um, things that I could have done because there was one thing that relieved the pressure when it would start to hurt. And that was hiking, like just movement, being able to move my legs, opening up my hips. That was one thing that really helped with like my back hurting. Um, so I went and did that hunt and I've got, I've got buddies in Colorado, um, really close to where I was hunting. So if I were to kill a bull, I would have like two, three guys, on a phone call to help me pack it out. So I felt good about that. If I were to shoot something, I was going to have guys to help me pack. I wouldn't have gone otherwise. Like if it was just going to be me packing a bull out, I probably wouldn't have gone, but my other buddies are generous enough to come and help me. So, um, so I went out there, did, did nine days solo. My back felt good. There was only one day that it really bothered me, but all the rest of the time, my back felt great. Uh, I didn't end up killing a bull. Uh, I got, I should have had a big five point killed. He stepped out of the dark pines at 60 yards. I got, I hiked my way up into this meadow and uh, I was like, man, it's starting to look like elk in here. And I threw a locate bugle out, nothing answered, but I had, I was going up through some rock cliffs. So I couldn't like carry, I needed all fours basically where I was going. So I put my bow on my pack and I had it strapped on. I was, went up through this rock cliff and I, I kind of, tail out into this meadow and once i got in the meadow i threw that bugle out and i swung my pack down and i was unstrapping the uh compression straps on my pack i had two straps on my on my bow still and i look up because i heard this stick break and here comes this big five point bull he walks out of the out of the dark timber like right above me 60 yards broadside and he's looking around trying to figure out what he just heard because i'd thrown a locate bugle and here I am on the ground, like trying to unstrap my bow. Like I, I don't even, I don't even have, I'm not to the point of putting an arrow on or anything. And this bull standing there broadside 60 yards, like kind of just looking around like, dude, that bull was dead to rights. If I'd have had my bow off, you know, off my pack and in my hand, that was a done deal. And so, uh, yeah, that was like day two or something like that. I was like, Oh, I'm going to get into elk the whole rest of the hunt i was just like i got into one more herd and that was it but um so yeah mentally mentally it really messed me up for those first couple hunts and i was kind of all over the place with my schedule and i mean i felt kind of bad because i was leaving my buddies on 
you know, on decisions, it's like, dude, one day I might be feeling good. The next day, there's no way this is going to happen. And I felt bad because I'm putting my buddies in situations where they're like, well, dude, I need to, I, I need to know because like, I need, I need to ask my other buddy if he can come with me, you know, but I don't want to ask him if you're coming because it's too many people in camp, whatever. And it's like, just dude, just take them. Like, I'm not going to be able to make it, you know? And then here I am a week afterward and I'm like going solo for nine days, like an idiot, but I just had to, I couldn't not. That's like I said, I was telling my parents, I'm like, if I blow my back out, I blow my back out. I don't know what to tell that. If that doesn't tell you how much I love this, like that's, I literally just went into it with the mentality of like, I might be laid up with a blown out back and have to stay four or five miles into Colorado wilderness trying to nurse a nurse, a slip disc so I can get back to camp. Like that's where my mindset was at. So I live for this stuff. Like this is my, this is my thing, you know? So, um, but yeah, mentally it was, I was all over the place this season. (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. I, uh, I'm I'm over here smiling and, and nodding my head because I I get it like and I I love hearing other people's passion behind it and it sounds stupid to any physical therapist out there that we're keeping you in business and you know yeah. <laughs> things like that but but in all honesty like just that passion behind it and being willing to go out there and and just go after it um, obviously for you you've got a whole nother level to it which I don't have that that level of the whole idea it's your it is your income. Right. And right. obviously you don't, you don't, you're not one of those people. And that, and this is another thing too, that I, I love about you and your brand um, and your content is that you're not one of those people that's trying to sell stuff. And yeah. I'm drawn to a lot of those quote unquote blue collar, even if you don't have a blue collar job, but like the people that don't like, you're not always trying to sell Hoyt, right? You're, yeah. you're, yeah. you shoot Hoyt. It's very obvious that you're sponsored by Hoyt, but you don't just say hoist the best, you know, it's the best for you. You shoot it, just get out and shoot a bow. Right. That's what you're all about and get out and hunt. Right. You're not obviously for you, white tails are are your bread and butter, but you also love to elk hunt. You also love to go out and and go after antelope. And I'm sure you've got other hunts planned, um, which for me is really funny because I'm hitting 30 in May and my wife's been telling me we should go to Hawaii. And like, I'm a ginger dude. I'm pasty as heck. And I burn <laughs> so easy. So like the beach is not my yeah. jam. That's not me. Um, yeah. But I finally told her, I was like, Hey, we should go to Hawaii for my 30th. And she's like, wait a minute. Like she got excited. She's like, wait a minute. What can you hunt in Hawaii? I'm like, dang it. She caught me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, you see, there's like really cool axis hunting in Hawaii. Yeah. Right. I, and so my really good hunting buddy, I told, I told my wife, I'm like, look, you go with his wife and y'all hang out on the beach and do whatever you want to do during the day. Brent and I will go off and we'll go hunt some pigs and some axis and we'll come back and have a nice dinner with you guys. Like, (laughs) heck yeah. Hey, that sounds awesome to me. That's a done deal. Right. Exactly. But anyway, so I just, I love, I love the passion behind it. And I, and I, I wanted you to hit on that, your back issue, because like, I know you didn't recover completely by the time you were back out in the woods. Like my, knowledge of exercise uh, science and uh, what I know about the gym and and anatomy. I knew you had not fully recovered and I know you weren't putting it out there. There was no freaking way. Yeah. Unless you're on some miracle drug that even then like your back wasn't recovered. You were just feeling good. Like there's no way. And so I just wanted to hear about that because 
um, yeah, a lot of people don't understand that passion behind like even working out when you're on vacation, you know, uh, my, there's not a lot of people that will go to a hotel. Right. And, and want to work out. Like I still get up five, five thirty in the morning and I'm in the rinky dink hotel or yep. whatever, wherever we're at and minimal equipment and getting a workout in just yep. because that's my cup of coffee in the morning. I need that, you know? Yes. And I, I love finding people that, that are like you that incorporate that into outdoors because you're right. It doesn't take a lot, especially if you have good connections in Nebraska or even further out East where I'm from, where it's a lot of private, you know, in Texas, there's a lot of private, you don't have to be in shape to hunt, but it doesn't hurt. And no being fit allows you to have more years of hunting. And when you put it that way to people, yeah, they're like, Oh, that kind of makes sense. Right. You know, you don't have to stop yeah. when you're 60, you can still draw your bow yeah. when you're 60, you know? And so things like that. I, I, I love it. Yeah. It's the longevity. Yeah. Yeah. It's the longevity of it. And that's, I, I tell people that too, is like, I, my plan is I still want to be chasing elk when I'm 75. That's what I want to do. Right. So how am I going to do that? It's not, it's, I'm not going to get there by neglecting my body. Now, you know, I, I have to take care of things and take it seriously now, if I want to do that later. And the other thing too, is, you know, you see, every whitetail hunter's dream in the east the midwest and stuff every whitetail hunter's dream is an elk hunt in the rut with their bow right that's everybody i talk to in the midwest is like dude like the dream hunt go hunt elk right and one thing i will say if you're if you're gonna serious take take time out of your uh, work schedule. Cause before I was taking time out of my work schedule that I wasn't getting, I didn't have that much paid time off. I was just taking time off, making up the hours that I hopefully tried to make up enough hours to block out a little section to try to get out West and hunt. And with that comes time, you're paying for your tag and non-resident tag anymore. These days is anywhere from 700 to $1,100, you know, said and done. And you're also paying for fuel and food and everything. And then when you get there, you're already fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars in the hole getting to camp, right? By the time you buy your food, your fuel, your tags, everything, your time off work, the money you're not getting paid because you you tried your hardest to try to get the time off anyway. You get to camp and then you can't hike a mile in these mountains without getting short of breath that's super, super discouraging. So that's why I say like the guys in the Midwest, if your dream is to get out and go elk hunting, you need to start preparing now, like to the point of being it, you can look at a mountain and say, I'm going to find the elk. They might be six miles in and I'm going to find them, you know, with that type of mentality, you, you, you gain that type of mentality through hard work, through the gym with whether it be dedication to waking up at a certain time, dedication to hitting your goals in the gym, whether it be uh, the weights you're lifting or, the, you know, the, the pounds you're shedding or putting on your body, all of that takes, all of that takes dedication and a, a certain mindset. And with all of that, it incorporates into Western hunting, just like hand in hand. Like by the time you get out there and you're trying to chase these elk, don't get me wrong. There's people who shoot bulls 
within a mile of the road all the time. But even if you shoot a bull a mile from the road, you still have to pack out 300 pounds of meat. And that I, I guarantee if you've never, if you've never, uh, you know, put any type of weight on your back before the second you throw a hind quarter and neck meat and the head and cape and everything else in a pack and you try to get that thing off the mountain, you're, <laughs> you're hurting, you know? So I think I just, I just feel like I'm on the same page with that. I just feel like fitness plays such a massive role in everything from mindset to physical ability on the mountain. And ultimately I think it opens up a door. It opens up um, a higher percentage door for success than otherwise, you know? Yep. No, for sure. And, you know, people want to drive these nice cars. People want to drive and put, you know, the best gas and the best oil and the best tires and all this stuff on their cars they want to upgrade their homes. They want to have the most comfortable couches and the best food. And then you look at them and you're like, but what about the vehicle that you drive literally every second of your life, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just what you're putting in it is just like the gas that you want to put in the car. Um, you know, your oil changes, you know, you got to go get checkups with a doctor. You got to make sure you're healthy. And people look at, you know, I, you, there's a lot of people that look at me. I'm not a runner, but you know, I, I've got a good level of fitness with the gym, CrossFit style workouts or weightlifting, whatever, um, that I'm, I'm the pack mule. I always tell my buddies, I'm like, if you get something, I'm not yep. able to get up there. I'll be up there to help you when you're done cleaning it and I'll help you pack it out. Um, but for me, I just like to remind people that it's scalable. Fitness is scalable. What's your goal? You know, and I always use the example of, do you want to be the grandma that, <clears throat> excuse me, is playing with your kids, your grandkids and isn't in pain and you can kneel down on the floor and play cars with them or Barbies or whatever. Is that your goal? Excellent. What are you doing today to get there? Cause most grandparents can't kneel down and, and get to the, to the floor without pain. Are you someone that wants to step right. on stage as a bodybuilder? What are you doing for that? Like there's the two extremes, right? But every single person needs right. to move, you know? And um, I'm reading a book right now called the one thing. And I love that book. I'd recommend it to, to anyone. It helps me because I'm a checklist guy, right? I love getting things knocked out on a checklist. And this helps me to even narrow it down further to where I'm not just getting things done, but I'm actually getting more productive things done. And, and they may be less sure. things, but they get me to my goals faster. And there's a quote in there that I love. Um, it says, what you build today will either empower or restrict you tomorrow. And so what nice. you're doing with your fitness, like you know, is it restricting you tomorrow or is it empowering you tomorrow? Are you able to go pack that elk? Are you able to play with your grandkids tomorrow? Or are you going to be stuck on the couch because, you know, you didn't make the right choices today. And so, um, right. I love that dude. I, I really do. Um, I do yeah. want to ask you one question to wrap up here. What is something that drives you on a daily basis? When you wake up in the morning, what drives you? to do what you do? I would say there's a lot of things that, that drive me, but if there is one thing that drives me the most, um, I'm very, uh, I'm very strong in my faith. And one thing that has, I, I've been able to have some conversations 
with people through social media that I would have never been able to reach otherwise, just because of the sheer volume and numbers that I'm able to reach. Um, when I post about my faith and just uh, what God has done for me in my life, that resonates with other people. And I get, I get direct messages all the time of people asking about like, Hey, tell me a little bit more about your faith. Like, what is it about God that makes you feel whole? Right. So, and I can kind of explain things through that. And, and um, just anonymously, I won't say his name or anything, but there was a kid who got a hold of me like a week ago and he said he was going through some hard times or whatever. And, uh, I just shout him a message. I'm like, dude, I'd love to pray for you. You like hit me up. Let's talk, you know? And he got a hold of me and I just, we got on FaceTime and we prayed together. And that's something, that's something that I hold really close to my heart that I wouldn't have been able to reach that many people without a platform like this. So that wakes me up every day, probably more so than anything is just being able to have that connection with other people and share my faith through this big platform that I've always, I've always prayed that I might be, um, a servant of the Lord in the way that he wants me to be. And, and I don't know how to do that other than expressing that through this platform that I have that, that I feel like he's really blessed me with and provided me with. So that's probably my biggest motivator outside of that. It's just my sheer passion for hunting and fitness. Like every single day, like I say, I'm, I'm willing to go do a nine day solo elk hunt and blow my back out five miles in just because I might get a shot at a bull, maybe real low percentage. And I'm willing to go do that. So that's like, that's why I say like just my sheer passion for this is probably is the next factor that wakes me up every day. And um, I just love it, man. I just feel blessed. Like being able to do this for, for a living is um, it's something I worked towards for the last six years. Um, it never was a reality until the last year and a half. And I had decided to make that jump and go full time. I had to really, um, get all my eggs in line and make sure that I was making the right financial decisions, doing what I was doing. And when it all made sense, that's when I took that leap. And, uh, ever since then, dude, it's just been like coal on a fire and I've just been going. So every single morning I wake up and I'm just like, I can't believe I'm doing what I'm doing and making money doing it. So, um, that's probably my biggest factors. Like I say, just, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for my faith and for what God's provided for me. So that's, that's probably number one driver. That's awesome. Yeah. I, as another thing that, you know, at the beginning, when I found you on, I can't remember if it was YouTube or Instagram where I first found you, but that was another big thing for me too. And I'm glad that you touched on that, the faith aspect. Um, it's so big. It applies to everything. I mean, I had so many experiences just out in the elk was this, this year round that I didn't realize my kids were praying for me at home and I chose not to listen to certain promptings. And if I had listened, yeah. I would have had an elk down, you know, like just things like that. Just, it, it just reconfirms to me that, you know, it, there's something more out there than just us. And for me, you know, and, and you oh, know, yeah. we're, we're Christian. So we, you know, we believe in God, we pray to God. And I love that you incorporate that into your brand as well. You're not ashamed of it, but you're also not over the top where, you know, some people 
are over the top and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, yeah, you, for- you give, you give thanks to where, it, where it belongs. And I love that, that example that you shared yep. that you're, you know, sharing it with other people through social media. So um, thanks again, man, for I appreciate hopping that. on here. I know. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, I was going to, I was going to say another person that I kind of looked up to and has become a good buddy of mine is Levi Morgan. Um, he's, he's done a very good job of that as well as like expressing his faith through social media, through a platform that, um, you know, not everybody gets to have a platform as large as that. Right. And I think that's just super cool the way he's been able to do that as well as reach people through his platform. So I resonate with that very well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just cool to see guys doing that. And I just, I just want to be a a steward of God and be able to, um, hopefully provide some type of hope to somebody else, you know? Oh, and I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do on, on many, many occasions. And, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I appreciate you coming on tonight, man. I appreciate you providing an hour of your time and, and chatting with me and yeah. uh, and uh, dealing with those yeah, cliffhangers. Sorry, sorry it took so long. I was going to say, sorry, it took so long to get on here. My schedule's been all over the place, but we got it done. No, I'm, you're I'm good, glad man. we did. I, I completely get it. We, we all have our, our busy schedules and um, I, I understand, trust me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah. where, I mean, we've mentioned Instagram, YouTube and all that, but where, where can people find you uh, and, and where do you want them to go? Yeah. So, um, if you hop on Google, any type of search engine or whatever, and you just type in whitetail fit, pretty much all my stuff will pop up. Um, I sell hats and t-shirts, hoodies. Uh, I have my own arrow wraps and veins, uh, some different hunting supplies and gear on my website, uh, which is just whitetailfit.com. And then also, uh, the social medias again, everything is pretty much whitetail fit. So if you type whitetail fit into the search bar, whether it be TikTok, Instagram, whatever it might be. Um, I should be the top one that pops up and there I'll be. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Yeah. You guys go check him out. He's an awesome guy, really down to earth. Um, if you want to get into hunting fitness, both of them combined, go check him out and, uh, amazing videos as well on YouTube. Like if you need something to go watch, I appreciate um, that. great, great hunting videos. And, uh, yeah, again, thanks for coming on, man. And as I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it. All right. Well, we wrapped up that conversation. It was awesome. Uh, worked through some connectivity issues and it was still just a great conversation. Again, Joel is just an awesome human being. He, he's focused on his family, faith, always progressing fitness. Like he embodies what I talk about consistently here at Redbeard Outdoors. So hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed having the conversation itself. Again, go down below. You can check him out. I'll leave the links to his website, uh, his Instagram, and his YouTube. And uh, you guys go check out some of his videos. He makes amazing content. Uh, It's definitely awesome just to watch some hunts that maybe you'll want to go on in the future. Maybe you've been to those areas, or maybe you just want to dream about it. So uh, go go have a look there. And uh, of course, go check out all my sponsors down below that uh, are amazing companies that I work with. I use their products. I don't run ads simply because I don't like ads. I want this to grow organically. I want you guys to share it because you enjoy it and to go purchase these products because you trust me and that I've used them in the backcountry or wherever it may be on a daily basis. And it's stuff that you're looking to go buy anyway. So why not save some money and get a good product? 
Hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, as I always say, get out, live your life, and love it.